Queer Longing, a podcast where we discuss and explore everything that we're longing for and living for in our queer community. I'm Olivia Taylor. And I'm Lucy Cecil. I feel like you always leave a big gap to like keep the people wondering if, you know, you're still here. <laughs> if you're dating. Is she still here? Or is it just you? Like imagine <laughs> one week it's just, and it's just, I'm Olivia Taylor. And they're just straight into, <laughs> right, this week I've been. Uh... <laughs> no mention yeah, of you. Well, you know. It's in, in, in these times, in this day and age, there's, it's very hard to keep an air of mystery. So, uh, no, actually, it's really easy to keep an air of mystery because no one ever sees you. So uh, I just like to do that to the utmost, you know, keep people guessing, keep them on their toes, keep them wanting, you know, you've got you to gotta dangle the carrot, haven't you? Totally, totally. I mean, if you were to disappear mysteriously and um, we had to draft somebody in to replace you, who would you want as your successor? well I think I'm irreplaceable but fine um (laughs) oh god that's a good question oh my god okay well who would you want to replace me like if you weren't doing it with me no one (laughs) no one (laughs) hands down not like I no one (laughs) oh well I feel very hashtag blessed that that is um this this works because we are um such a stunning duo of everyone has always said you know whenever we get the reviews the people they say the friendship the chemistry is undeniable also there's a a lot of water under this bridge which you know can only (laughs) I was gonna say it can only help well it can only do something you know Mm, yeah definitely it's definitely uh helps to uh flow our boat uh, as we continue down this uh canal of podcasting um reveal yeah. that is 2020 slash 2021 exactly yeah no you are irreplaceable and so am i so unless you have some suggestions fair enough go for it <laughs> um no no i'm good i'm good let's let's stick with each other for now we'll review it in six Very months good. <laughs> fair enough fair enough yeah we'll have a pdr <laughs> God, imagine. No. Right. <laughs> so what have you been... <laughs> uh, so have you been up to anything interesting, Olivia? I mean, let's get straight to it. What are you living and longing for? Well, this week, um, Lucy, I'm sure like most people, I have been glued to the inauguration, the inauguration pre-game and the inauguration post-game. So um, I've been glued to the daily podcast um, for a couple of weeks leading up to this and um, also to the inauguration itself. And what I feel like I'm really living for are the inauguration performances. And obviously we all know Lady Gaga did an absolutely stunning turn in her red carpet dress with ginormous Mockingjay brooch, which I was absolutely living for. And, you know, she didn't let us down as I knew she wouldn't. She was a paragon of grace and decorum as we knew she would be but I'm also particularly living for the other performances that were not on the actual inauguration celebration but kind of like were around it adjacent to the inauguration so we had John Legend doing a cover of Feeling Good outside the Washington Monument that was cool but my favorite one well actually I really liked the Katy Perry firework one because it was all of the fireworks and felt very very stirring But um, my favorite one was the one where Demi Lovato was in like a space world. Did you see that? Did I send that to you? No, I've actually not. I've actually not seen any of the uh, adjacent uh, performances. I know you sent a couple to the group. I hadn't watched them yet. Um, Okay. So tell me about the space world. Demi Lovato's in this like space world, which is like 
a bit sort of Vice City vibes slash San Junipero vibes. Like that's the aesthetic. It's kind of like 80s space matrix world, but pastel. And she's in this space world. She's singing and she's got a new pixie cut. She looks fab, very gay rights. And then it kind of momentarily cuts to... Um, healthcare workers and different people who are like joining in on the song with Demi and then um, Lin-Manuel Miranda makes an appearance obviously and it's just um, yeah it's a very cool um, and very what I feel queer space performance so I was I was particularly into that one if I had to pick one out of the lineup oh nice yeah no, that sounds good I will definitely have to make sure to watch that yeah I, I watched like the main inauguration and yeah obviously Gaga Gaga just looked like she was just so happy to be invited (laughs) she was just beaming like she looked giddy it was cute um which fair enough you know it's an event and they got to go to one so a gig anyway yeah and when they've been in a year I mean to be offered that gig after no gigs your mind would just be flying out of your body yeah the ultimate gig um so yeah I loved that I also personally absolutely was uh you know lived for when j-lo's shouted let's get loud in the middle of her americana um medley yeah. it just i lost so, my mind at that point <laughs> i was watching it on a lag but then we were kind of like live doing our responses on what's happened when you mentioned that i was like oh i wonder what that is and like 20 minutes later i watched it and i <laughs> evaporated at let's get loud <laughs> absolutely deceased so good um yeah yeah it, it's 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 fun to have like some nice you know live performances to see um and watch and yeah no absolutely great living for yeah I I I just live for like a moment of collective culture you know like we can all be watching something we can all like bear witness to a particular event like that's that's my favorite thing I would just love to be a pundit for anything you know like watching something live and commenting on it and like being a part of the same thing that everyone's part of at the same time is like the whole point to my existence so um especially at the moment watching the inauguration felt like one of the few sort of shared experiences sort of entertainment wise that that we could all have that's why I've been like holding on so hard to like drag race bake off anything that feels like it has some kind of like collective experience or community around it it's just like a real um sort of like life force keeping us going this year I think definitely definitely I think um you know even at the best of times like collective joy is the uh like ultimate feeling I I get that as well that's my favorite thing is also like stuff like that it's why I'm always like so obsessed with like big international like football like events and big international like sports things and stuff I just love the the feeling of like everyone is doing this I mean it's not everyone but you know like a lot of people are experiencing this and we can all talk about it and feel it and stuff and yeah no I totally get that um and like you say at the moment uh, we we need them more than ever so yeah absolutely very very good and my longing for this week is on the subject of more of um collective experiences we need to experience more collective queer films and there are a couple of good ones coming up. Also that one on Netflix about um, My Grandma's Lesbian, the, the Spanish one, that is now available on Netflix. So I will be watching that and reporting back. Don't you worry. Um, yes. as, as well as that, um, there is also, I'm not sure when it's coming out, but it's um, a new film that stars Vanessa Kirby, who was the original princess Margaret in The Crown. And one of our friends sent that to our group chat and it is called The World to Come. So it was kind of like, homesteady vibes wasn't it I suppose yeah it was it was a bit sort of a, a prairie frontiery like oh um a cabin in the woods 
in the olden days, collecting yeah. wood constantly. You yeah, know, like like Brokeback Mountain it looked, for lesbians. Yeah, it looked very good, very intense. Um, so I'm intrigued as to whether like that intensity is just the sort of trailer if it like is like that for the whole film. Yeah, looks looks good. Definitely going to be watching that when it's available. Yeah, and speaking of other gay films, I, I still haven't watched Ammonite. I don't think it's available to watch in the UK yet, but I um, was listening to Kate Winslet talk about it on WTF with Mark Maron. And um, they don't actually, so it's based on a, on a true story, I believe, but they don't actually know if that character was gay or not, but they like sort of gave her that story um, like based on certain factors. Um, but she like really like went method and just like lived in this like beach hut and didn't talk to anyone and like learned how to like um know what the fossils were on the beach and things like that but I've heard that critically that movie has been panned so I don't know what that's going to be like but I'm still definitely going to watch it because we need to do this for the culture you know what I mean well yeah exactly um it's it is written we must we must watch them all um yeah no I I hadn't heard anything about it since like when I remember, you know, saying we're looking forward to it. But yeah, uh, I'll be interested to see it. Definitely if it's been a bit panned. But God, I love um, when an actor um, goes full method. I think it's um, very entertaining to me. (laughs) And I think like, yeah, why not? (laughs) Go for it if you've got the time. Yeah, totally. I mean, I would be up for just like going and living on a beach and learning how to um, identify fossils at this point. So, you know, um, all power to you, Kate Winslet. Um, And what are you living and longing for this week, Lucy? So mine is a joint one this week because uh, it just is. Um, and I am both living and longing for the fact that we have set up uh, in our own little group of friends, a cute little book club. Oh, And I am just... <laughs> and I uh, took it upon myself to run the book club, which um, initially I was all for. And then when I realised I would have to make the decision of the book, <laughs> I panicked because I'm so bad at making decisions, um, especially when they're like for other people if that makes sense um so you know like I get really worried that uh, I'll choose something bad you know what I mean um so it took me a long time to make a long list and a short list and then choose a book but we have chosen a book and um yeah I just think it will be like you know we've talked about before it's nice to have actual things to pass the time so like an event to look forward to and it's just like a nice thing where we will all be in one virtual space for a bit and talking about books and whatever else we want to talk about I think that is a nice thing so yeah that is what I'm living and longing for I'm very um so I'm living for doing it and I'm longing for the first event yeah me too Miss Honey's book club can we believe it is finally here and you are the queen of the book club yeah um, I've, I've already started uh, started reading the book and I've started taking notes on, uh, you know, what we can, you know, questions and topics to to explore in, in, in the meeting. So, <laughs> so it's going to be very official. Yeah, no, I, I, I love official organized fun. So this this speaks to me on very many Capricorn levels. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that as well. But I think for now, shall we um, go from the culture desk over to the news desk, Lucy? Yes. This just in. Let us know what's happening in the news, Olivia. Okay, well, first up in the headlines this week, Lucy, I was reading an article in Stylist and it is entitled, Where are all the LGBTQ plus CEOs and what needs to change to make work more diverse? So this week, diversity specialists involved have announced findings revealing that there are currently no publicly out LGBTQ plus CEOs in the FTSE 100. 
figures which haven't improved for several years. In fact, there are now fewer LGBTQ plus CEOs in the FTSE 100 than in 2018. So we need to be questioning why there are so few queer CEOs in business and what must happen to change that. So there are currently just four publicly out LGBT plus CEOs of Fortune 500 companies and no publicly out LGBT plus CEOs in the FTSE 100. So it talks about the reasons why this may be the case. And it kind of says that leaders need to recognize that embracing diversity and embedding it across each level of an organization is absolutely crucial. And it's this diversity that increases productivity, creative and innovation. And sometimes we simply forget it's the right thing to do. It's part of being human, welcoming your LGBTQ plus employees and making them feel like they belong. We must be mindful that LGBTQ plus inclusion does not fall behind diversity priorities on gender or race, but in instead joins the overall call for accountability and action. So how do things change? So first of all, Lucy, are you surprised by this? Uh, Not particularly, but um, when you first started saying uh, there are no uh, LGBTQ plus CEOs, I thought you were going to say like at all. I was like, what? (laughs) But then you said um, in the FTSE 100, which makes a lot more sense. Um, But it doesn't surprise me that much, but it is... um, it is disappointing, definitely. Uh, uh, but I can kind of see the links between why that might be the case and, yeah, what needs to change. It also particularly talks about a lack of openly gay women in senior leadership roles and talking about how that then sort of hinders motivation and confidence for employees to be open about their sexual orientation. So it's this whole like filter down effect that senior leaders need to stop hiring individuals that fit their own image if they are really serious about creating um a diverse team but you know it kind of speak like I've been thinking a lot about what you were saying last week as your I don't agree with it about the dear sirs thing and I think it's so easy to be in a bit of a bubble when you work in certain like more progressive organizations and actually like for me reading stuff like this is particularly shocking and maybe more shocking than it should be I suppose yeah no that that is interesting it's like a similar thing in the in the fact I think I've worked in some more traditional sectors and therefore it doesn't really surprise me (laughs) that that's the case but uh it's still disappointing and frustrating I think that um yeah like you say it's like that sort of um filtering down that needs to happen like if you aren't openly supportive and really fostering like an environment that that people feel like they can be out in in a business then how much can people you know truly truly like flourish in fully in themselves and therefore get to like the ranks of ceo etc you know there needs to be a yeah like if you're really actually committed to diversity then you would have the right sort of i don't know working practices etc in place to make people feel completely fine and open to be and comfortable with who they are at work which i think a lot of people in certain sectors still do not feel at all or they don't feel like it's relevant um, to have that be part of their working life, which it, it, it is as much as it is, you know, in any other part of your life, uh, I think. So, yeah, no, things, things need to change. Who, who, who knows? Hopefully the future is full of all 100 FTSE. <laughs> FTSE people are queers and they all have mugs that say queer boss on them. <laughs> and it'll be called the Footloose 100. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Um, next up on the news desk, Lucy. Now, I hope that you are um, emotionally ready for this um, this piece of news because oh, it's God. a very hard-hitting piece about a concerned woman in Essex who rang into um, the ITV magazine show this morning to ask Dr. Scott Miller in a kind of public phone-in segment whether her rabbit is a lesbian. Okay, I've, I completely missed this, which is, you know surprising to me but yes please go on what happened so she says and i quote this is a little awkward two girls two sisters same litter little bunnies i got them when they were about nine or ten weeks old she explained that the two rabbits named hovis and willow got into a huge fight one day so yvette separated them however she continued and and by the way that's yvette not avette yvette (laughs) um just to clarify. However, she continued, now at 21 weeks, Hovis is mounting Willow continually and chasing her around the run. The concerned woman said she had looked online about how to prevent this, but had only found advice on telling the bunnies off in a, quote, stern voice. Her question to Miller was, is my rabbit a lesbian? So um, the vet answered by saying, a lot of animals can be gay. About 1,500 species of animals are known to show homosexual behavior. So it's all very, very natural. Love is love. And he explained that Hobis, the rabbit, is not actually likely to be a lesbian and that mounting was more aggressive than sexual in this case. So it's territorial about two animals sharing the same room and they're going to like fight to have their space. So unfortunately, we don't think that this is a lesbian rabbit, but nothing is out of the realms of possibility. But, um, you know, not sure whether that's a cheering news segment, um, an annoying news segment, or just an all out bizarre news segment, but it's a news segment nonetheless, Lucy, and I needed to report the news as is my role. Yeah, you you have a duty to the people, the people of queer longing, and um, you know you've you fulfilled that duty. Um, I think, yeah, ultimately maybe a little bit disappointing. We were this this close to having lesbian rabbits, <laughs> and and yet we're still so far. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's just one of those it's just one of those one of those news stories that you know can just brighten your day. Um, it's nice to know that. You know, it's, it's, it's nice that she was sort of concerned. And, well, concerned? Was she concerned? Or she just wanted the truth enough? She wanted to know her rabbit's truth. Yeah, um, she wanted the truth to yeah. be uncovered once and for all. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think that I would personally just love to have, like, two little cute lesbian bunnies. I mean, how cute would that be? Um, I've already, like, got it all planned out. They would be called Sappho and Virginia, and they would just live together in their little hutch and would just live out their life together in perfect harmony just sort of bounding about their little rabbit run and living their best life and as the vet said himself love is love so um if you have any tales of lesbian rabbits that you would like to share with us then please do write in in all of the usual channels we would love to hear from you so good i know that last week on our first podcast of 2021 both of our longing fors was for new channel 4 drama it's a sin to begin and it has begun and i know that we have both watched the first episode um and intend to watch more as they are all available on all four or if you want to do a nice little linear watch they are on on a friday night at 9 p.m i believe um uh yeah so we've watched the first episode what did you think of this new outfit from stunning hun russell t davis i loved it i loved it it was um 
so full of joy and pain and nostalgia and um I thought that the acting was was really good I was really thrilled by Ollie Alexander's performance I thought that it contained like you know real moments of levity and humor and it's kind of so one of the one of the things that really shone out to me is that gayness when it is and queerness in general when it's depicted on screen is often regarded as really transgressive and other even by queer people who create that content and I feel like we've talked about this before, but something that is really lacking in a lot of like queer representation is is joy and is 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 fun. Not in the sense of like, oh, this hedonistic lifestyle, but actually it's all going to catch up with you and you're going to be sad in one second. You know, there's, there's like a, a lot of that. But um, just so, for example, like when when Ollie Alexander's character um, Richie has his first like sexual encounter and it doesn't quite go according to plan but that's kind of like something from like Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging or something like it was very kind of so basically um not to not to spoil the moment but he hadn't done his kind of like due diligence hygiene wise so it kind of um broke the moment and he didn't um get this sort of like romantic first um sexual experience that he had maybe envisaged for himself but it's kind of about how he manages to kind of like laugh that off and then go on to have all of these experiences in the future and kind of like learn from that. And he still stays friends with the guy. And it's all kind of like, although it was kind of like a bit embarrassing, it was all quite like positive. And there's this sort of montage in it where we sort of see Richie's character come into his sexuality. And it's against all this like really um, joyful, rousing orchestral music. So I don't know if you remember this, this sort of vignette from the first episode. And I thought it was like, tonally, it felt like it was really sort of like juxtaposing with what was happening. But then I realized that actually it was repositioning how we're sort of programmed to consume those kinds of scenes. So normally it would be to like, I don't know, some kind of like thumping electro music to be like, oh, this is dangerous and like sexy. And obviously like, you know, it, it can be those things as well, but sometimes like it's just it's just fun and it's just positive and it's just about being young and about like having these experiences and having relationships and having um, sexual encounters that aren't kind of loaded with this um, feeling of like transgression or that you're like basically doing something wrong. And I think that that really struck a chord with me that you know you're not you're not sort of being forced through music or through how it's been shot to sort of feel a bit like that like you're sort of encouraged to feel the opposite it it was quite rare to see gay sexuality depicted in that way that was like so full of joy and and happiness rather than something that's like really serious or ominous in in some kind of way but firstly yeah so what what did you think of of those scenes completely agree i i thought it was uh brilliant on the first episode i've only seen the first um and i just uh, russell t davis has he had this there's such a um there's such a feel to his programs and it is this sort of like joyousness the queer joy um and like I think that he's really ramped that up in this series, um, particularly, I think, to probably um, 
contrast the fact that there is obviously this there is a sort of like a uh, dark darkness that is occurring and coming to the characters and stuff there's going to be some darkness but there's also still light and I think that that's really nice and important to like depict that like yeah some shit things are going to happen but there is still queer joy and it's so important and like look at how like and like you know depicting like the queer family really well and like your chosen family and like you know they all end up living in this massive like ridiculous like house share well flat share called the pink palace yeah but I, I, I also particularly loved that montage of Richie's like doing um like having loads of sexual experiences because I uh that exact for exactly what what you said the fact that it was like this almost like the music I mean it wasn't but the music was almost like it was it was was it that song yeah yeah it was definitely some kind of like racehorse song yes exactly and it just it just um yeah, because when you when you sort of when 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 the first incident happened where like um you know they didn't go through with like um this like having like the sexual act with what was it what's his name Ash um I was like oh I I I instantly thought because of what we're sort of programmed to believe I was like oh no this is gonna be something that like haunts him and it's gonna be like a a storyline of like him trying to figure out how he you know get back into feeling comfortable to you know go home with people and stuff but no it was like okay yeah mm, a bit embarrassing but no I'm gonna keep going and here I am and yeah no I thought it was I thought it was great yeah and I think it's really important that he differentiated that you know we can all go through very difficult and trying times in our lives and experience you know tragedy and all of these things but it's down to unfortunate and tragic circumstances it's not about who you are do you know what I mean and I think that that is the distinction that he draws that like you know we can go through these things but it's not because you know we are inherently shameful or inherently wrong as queer people and I think that that is the real distinction in the way that he positions these characters and 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 their experiences I saw a tweet that um particularly hit home for me and I think it probably will more as we go on through the series and it reads one of the most painful things about it's a sin is that these stories have gone mostly untold for decades a single episode is more of a queer education than most LGBT kids in the UK have ever got from years at school this is our history and we deserve to be taught about it and you know I think that is that is so true and I think that you know for so long queer people have been you know just had to accept the erasure in in schools and um even even at, at university level you know so much so much isn't talked about so much isn't kind of in the public discourse and you know kids are growing up now I mean I watched I watched something the other day where um, some drag queens were doing a review of the looks on Drag Race, and neither of them know who, n- neither of them knew who Alan Turing was. So you know, it just goes to show that like the lack of education around our queer history is 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 very real, and shows like this are doing a lot to um, to address that problem. And it is it is sad that these stories haven't been told until now. But I'm just yeah, so happy that. Um, that this exists and I think that um, Neil Patrick Harris's performance was really really good in the first episode I thought he was fantastic and I did have an out-of-body experience when I saw him in my pub 
Oh yeah, we we spoke about this, uh, uh, didn't we, off off podcast that like because uh, obviously it's mostly filmed in Manchester or largely filmed in Manchester, and um, there are some. Uh, just every time you see somewhere that is, you know, an old haunt or a nice just bit of road, and especially that your pub, uh, it was. I was like, oh god, no. <laughs> it was difficult. It had an extra layer of sadness. Usually, I'm just like really excited to see those places but it was um uh a bit upsetting to be completely honest <laughs> yeah there's like um, clubs in there that I've been to pubs that I've been to Victoria Baths is in there there's just so many um so many places so I think you know now more than ever it is just like a sucker punch to the chest to to watch yeah. these things and you know just thinking about what lies ahead on the other side in terms of like queer culture and nightlife and all the questions that I know everybody's asking kind of more broadly anyway but that sort of that sort of culture that we've all shared in for the past you know 10-15 years like what's that going to look like on the other side of this was definitely something that was front of mind when when I was watching it but um I'm going to watch more tonight and just try not to watch all five episodes um but it's going to be hard because so far really really good yeah incredibly entertaining very well paced like you could easily go through all five in one go very very easily um interestingly uh what you said about that tweet that you saw um i actually read an article in id which is uh the headline of which is why art teaches us more about aids than school ever will and it literally goes through what you were saying about the fact that uh culture uh particularly you know in britain has done a lot more for a lot of the like heavy list lifting in terms of like queer education um as opposed to our actual education um because like say schools curriculum politics etc has not you know really been on our side for a lot of time so um yeah it's it, it is true you you do learn uh a lot from like watching uh, art like things that exist um and consuming um culture and i also saw a lot of people tweeting over the past like 24 hours about how they um watching it's a sin was reminding them um of when they were younger and they watched like queer as folk with the volume down like trying to you know like get that experience and like you know feeling like feeling like hiding from the parents or whoever um and that they were saying like watching this is they hope that people can people people either people can watch it with the volume up or like if if uh if they are watching it also in their parents house with the volume down or on on streaming it late at night or whatever that um you know it, it, there's a there's a brighter future for 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 you and and you know all of this exists for you as well you can have this this kind of free life as well so yeah some just some really nice like i think um like a really nice queer community feeling around this show and around the fact that you know we're all watching it everyone's talking about it and it's just nice to like you said you know we love a communal event it's some nice collective joy so uh yeah um I am really really looking forward to watching the rest of it and and seeing how they how it does deal with the AIDS crisis and how that plays into it um and what what the sort of uh, how they balance the two sides um of or the many many uh faceted uh ways that queer lives uh, were affected during that and I just, I just I do think it is astonishing that this is the first 
TV series to ever like tackle the AIDS crisis in Britain like yeah that that is wild really um but yeah so very very much recommend um and I'm sure we'll probably talk about the rest of it when we've watched it all um maybe do like a end of series like recap as well um as we'll probably be want to do uh but yeah definitely definitely get watching it. it is it is worth your time have you heard as well that um, Ollie Alexander is in the running allegedly to be the new Doctor? Really? Yeah. So this is what this is what I've I've heard. I don't know if it has any legs or what the situation is, but um, yeah. And Russell T Davis has like spoke out and said that he would be like an amazing Doctor, and I can so see that for Ollie. I can see that he is he's really he's really good his his like you said all the acting has been like stunning so far and he he is particularly very very good so yeah I, I can see him as the doctor I mean I don't watch Doctor Who I haven't watched Doctor Who for years but he he has that right he has the right kind of uh the right kind of vibe definitely yeah he's he can have like the little doctor's glint in his eye definitely uh, <laughs> but you don't watch it now but maybe maybe you'll start if Ollie gets cast so heard it here first maybe maybe so we're almost in a bit of a like we're sort of flush with queer content at the moment on the telly box because there is also both the US and the UK season of RuPaul's Drag Race have begun. I know we spoke about the US season starting last week, um, but since then we've had two episodes of the UK um, uh, version. <laughs> so um, yeah, what did what have you thought about the? beginning of the second season of RuPaul's Drag Race at UK well I enjoyed it in the sense of like they weren't really messing with the format in the same way that we disliked about the US version but I think that the cohort is so extremely strong this year first of all um and the same for the US um the US one as well but um what I will say is I'm just not sure what is going on with the people that are getting booted out because I don't know whether it's because everybody's really good or what but I was so shocked when they got rid of Joe Black in episode one and I've heard like different reasons for this people saying that like you know Joe Black's like a massive name so they had to kind of like remove that character I don't know like there was a higher expectation or I'm not I'm not really sure but um I thought it was so harsh I mean she was dressed like an actual gorgeous queen and um you know for the final look where she was kind of inspired by Brighton Pavilion and um I, I just couldn't I couldn't believe it I genuinely thought that Rue was gonna like not let anybody go home because it was all too good but um yeah I was I was really really shocked and then obviously this week we saw Cherry Valentine go who um maybe a, a bit less shocking than than Joe Black but was um also another real key player in the competition so um again really kind of surprised to see that um to see that result but in terms of like the interplay between the characters and the way that it's sort of running so far I'm really enjoying it finding it really entertaining and like you say there's something um quite uh sort of nice and sort of homely about this series I don't know whether it's just because it's like UK so it's kind of humor that we're maybe used to and the way that they sort of chat to each other and it's just nice to see um a group of people all chatting together because like you'll get fined 800 quid if you do that now so um maybe maybe that's it I don't know but um they're my kind of initial thoughts and feelings what are yours yeah no I I agree um I think the 
people who have left so far it has been like quite shocking um but i do think that that is because the 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 standard is very high um i guess and that therefore anyone leaving is going to be a bit like what but i i was particularly shocked by joe black i think most people were um and i think that was just a, i don't know i don't really know how that happened but it's a shame um uh yeah i think i i so personally i have um i've not been keeping up with the us one as much and i think I, I I wish they were on at different times. That's my main thing because, like I said to uh, in a group chat the other day, I was like, "This year is going to be long, and it'd be good if we had like one and then another one in a, in a month or so, you know, after the one had finished." Um, and uh, I think I I personally I prefer the UK one. Maybe yeah, it just feels more like what I know. I I just think I think the, for me the US one is like a bit more polished and like therefore it's like like the UK one's just like UK drag is just a bit more like rough around the edges it just is and I think that is like more what I want to see it's like more what I find funny and uh, entertaining um but um yeah no I thought that um rats the ruse the rusicals <laughs> so funny that was that was inspired and that is from someone who absolutely hates cats the musical so high yeah i don't really like cats the musical but rats the music the rusical stunning yeah, yeah no um i thought it was great i think um yeah it is just I, I feel like because um like i think so both seasons uh both in the us and the uk were filmed during covid uh and at least like most of it i don't know if like the first episodes were no yeah they were because they had the things up didn't they like in the in the uk one um uh and i think that like everyone is therefore like just so sort of pleased to be there and be doing something which i really like enjoy like i feel like i felt that the most with like the judges and stuff they feel they seem really like up for it really like happy to be there which is like just fun to see um sheridan smith absolutely buzzing yeah, she was going, she was absolutely off her tits. Like she loved it so much. <laughs> that was really cute to see. And Alan Carr just coming out with like, just really hilarious one-liners. Um, yeah, the robot wearing a heel and split the difference <laughs> were the absolute two best things anyone could have ever said at that moment. Um, so good. I mean, yeah. imagine like having the recall of Alan Carr to be able to like come up with jokes like that so offhandedly like in the moment like what an absolute skill to pay all of the bills yes oh my god absolutely I was I was thinking I was doing some like um I was doing some like dream uh daydreaming and was like oh imagine if um like me and Olivia were uh guest judges on RuPaul's Drag Race imagine imagine um and then I was like god I just I would not be able to come up with the things quick enough I'm not I I just don't think I would like uh it's very very impressive well speaking speaking of judges Um, what I think we all need to see is um Graham Norton doing a guest judge um appearance on the U.S. version of Drag Race to see his old flame, none other than Tina Burner, as it turns out. I know, couldn't believe that. Like, well, oh, stunning, a little bit of a uh, little bit of gossy there. Um, I mean, would that? I wonder if they're still, um, you know, amicable, or would it be just awkward? That would be a bit sad, really, actually. Yeah, I don't know, but he did say in the article. Um, you can just Google it if you want to find out about this, but. Um, 
he said in the article that he was quite heartbroken when they ended their uh their relationship and um i think that was when he was in his mid 40s i'm not sure how old he is now but hopefully like it's it's water under the bridge at this point and it's okay but um yeah i i, I just i loved that and i i love it when like worlds collide in that way it's very satisfying <laughs> to me um yes. so yeah i i hope that they don't miss that trick and they get graham on the u.s version because that would just be amazing and people know him in the u.s anyway because um graham norton's on bbc america so it would make sense that's true yeah he is he is a worldwide talent mr worldwide um yeah who are you would you have any favorites in the uk race anyone that you particularly want to see do well or that you look forward to seeing so far or are you just sort of like still early days taking it's- it all in it's weird because with the UK one, I haven't really got favourites yet, but in the US one I have. I don't know why, but um, I'm I'm not ready to call a favourite for UK just yet. What about you? I feel the same. I feel like it's still very early days um, and I just like enjoy the whole thing so much that like I'm not really, uh, not particularly aligned to anyone yet. Um, yeah, maybe that will change as it goes on. Um, personally, I just can't get over like every time I go on Twitter, every like couple of scrolls, there's the gif of Tia Coffee being um, Alan Turing doing something, and it just is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I see it in my head just all the time. The yeah, like, I'm not. So I'm not good. really sure what was going on with that. Uh, no. Isn't... Me neither, but the I... the the meme that is there's a that has come from it is is stunning. So yeah, I love that she chose Alan Turing, but the execution was just a bit confusing <laughs> to me. But anyway, that that was one thing. But yeah, got got all the time in the world for Tia Coffee. Um, I'm very glad that um she is in it this year. Definitely a very herself. So other than the lyrical masterpiece that was Rats the Rusical. Is there anything else that have been tickling your eardrums this week, Lucy? Because it's time for track of the week. Oh, <laughs> what did I say that? <laughs> oh. um. <laughs> well, um, actually, this week, so I've been going on some quite longish walks. I like uh, I do a general round of the the country lanes, but the other day I decided to take it even further and just keep going. And I was I uh, walked for nearly 12k, so it was <laughs> a long walk. Um yeah. I just like found myself like suddenly that was how far away I was and I either had to keep going or or like or turn back. So yeah. Was it like um, a circular walk? Yes. I live love long for a circular walk I, I I really hate going back on myself on a walk I hate it as well I hate it I like basically um, refuse to do ones where you have to go back in the same way same um anyway but because of that I've been just been listening to a bunch of music while I've been walking and I was like trying to um do more like exploring of like artists I know but I haven't like listened to all of their like tracks etc you know the whole back catalogue um and I was feeling in a bit of a like um emo pop punky mood um so I listened to a whole load of a couple of bands including um Joyce Manor who are like just a really great like pop punky 
emo, little sort of new emo uh, style band. And um, uh, my track of the week is going to come from them. It's um, called Big Lie. Um, and it's just like just an absolute banger. I can I could see us listening to it in a car together and loving it loads. Oh, so, oh for the yeah. chance. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, if you're into like uh, anything sort of, yeah, pop punky, like your, 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 your Fallout Boys, your your modern baseballs, your hoteliers, then you'll like Joyce Manor. So uh, yeah, get listening to them. They have a couple of really great albums, including one where like every song is basically like one minute 40 long, which I just love. <laughs> and it's like just super quick. And they kind of like did it on purpose, I think, to sort of be like, because the songs are like really good and you get really into them and then they just end. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> so yeah, big, big fan of theirs. And yeah, Big Lie by Joyce Manor is my track of the week. What is yours? Uh, well, this week, Lucy, I have been transported back to the 80s off the back of It's a Sin. So um, my track this week is Anola Gay by Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. So I love that song. Yeah, it's such a good song, such a such an iconic refrain. Um, so yeah, if you haven't heard of that or it's not linking up, if you play it, you will definitely know it. So um, do that, enjoy it. And if you've watched It's a Sin, um, first episode, it's, it's in that as well. And um, God, all of the music in It's a Sin is brilliant. So I can't wait for the Spotify playlist. I bet it already exists. But um, yeah. yeah, I've been particularly um, enjoying being in that space. Um, being in the 80s, um, music wise, is never a bad time. So um, yeah, that is my track of the week this week. Absolutely. So great. I used to listen to um, Enola Gay like on repeat uh, on the bus on the way to school. <laughs> so, that's what it reminds me of. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's such a tune. Really, really good pick. So whilst we absolutely agree with having an 80s moment, um, there are some things that we wish would have a moment with themselves and just do one. It's time for... I don't agree with it. So Olivia, we're back. It's January. You know, we've still got some some things to get off our chest. What do you not agree with this week? Well, Lucy, I'm about to present to you a whole sorry tale. Ooh, and God. it can only be um, described, it has its own title. And like any sorry <laughs> tale, um, we must attach the suffix gate to it because that's what you need to do in, in these situations. And Lucy, what I'll tell you is, is that this particular tale of tragedy and annoyance is entitled Puzzlegate. Ooh, oh, oh, okay, yeah. So what's, what's gone on and happened is this. So as I'm sure most people can relate to, we've been trying to find ways to entertain ourselves in this here 2020 slash 21. And one of the ways that I decided to do this was through buying a gorgeous puzzle. And I bought a puzzle which was very much my aesthetic. Again, very 80s, very San Junipero vibes. And love this puzzle. It was an 1,000 piece puzzle. And the thing is about me is that I'm not actually very good at puzzles. So I wanted to prove to myself that I could do the puzzle. So that was a thing that I was doing. And like, I can do them, but I just get a bit like fed up and I wanted to just do it. So anyway, had it at my flat. We were doing the puzzle. And then finally get to the moment of truth when we realize that there is one piece of the puzzle missing. It's not there. So, so unsatisfying, first of all, but it was fine. I, you know, made my peace with it. And it actually said inside the the puzzle, there was like a little leaflet. And it was like, if you're missing a piece or you want to like 
discuss anything to do with puzzles, then just email this email. So I email this email explaining the situation. And the other guy on the other end, the puzzle guy, responds back with a very nice message and is like, don't worry, I'll send you the missing piece in the post. And I was like, well, this is perfect. I'll get the missing piece. It's all going to be sorted. So about a week goes by and then I get a package in the post and I open it up and it's not the single piece of the puzzle, but it's the whole puzzle again, but just in a bag. Well, I was going to say, I'd be surprised if they could single out the one piece of puzzle. <laughs> well, that's that's what I thought they were going to do. So it was the whole piece of puzzle in a bag. but I, And I also got a badge that said puzzle nerd that you put in there for me. So that was very nice. So anyway, I was like, okay, it's it's fine. What I need to do is just go back to the flat, open up this bag of puzzle, find the missing piece, because it's quite an iconic piece. It was like from this bit where like I sort of knew roughly like what it would be. And I'll put it in and then I'll just have the satisfaction of knowing that I finished that puzzle and then I'll like give away the full puzzle to someone else or something like once I've done it. Yeah. So that was the whole plan. Anyway, an hour goes by, two hours. I'm, you know, isolating these pieces that I think must be the piece. There's no other ones that it could be. I'm trying the puzzle every which way. We're just like going out of our minds being like, why won't any of these pieces fit? And it was at this moment after many, many hours and emails and faff that I realized that this was a brand new puzzle and it had been cut in a completely different way to my puzzle. So there was never going to be a piece. The piece did not exist. The limit does not exist, Lucy. So I had wasted hours. I can't believe they didn't have a set cut for the puzzle and and also didn't know that to say to you, sorry, I'll send you the whole puzzle again, but it will be different. (laughs) Yeah, so I can never have the satisfaction of finishing that puzzle. Like that's just not available to me now. Um, after all of this so my only alternative is to do the whole puzzle again with the new puzzle and like am I ready to do that so I'm now at a puzzle crossroads where I can't get rid of one puzzle but I can't do the other puzzle because I've just finished the puzzle but I haven't finished the puzzle and that's the whole problem so Lucy in a nutshell this is puzzle gate there is no you know satisfying ending and that is the whole tragedy of the tale that is truly truly tragic and very very frustrating and very 2021 yeah I don't (laughs) don't really know what's more tragic the whole like issue around the puzzle and the missing puzzle piece or the fact that like I actually emailed the email to be like I have a missing puzzle I don't I don't know which (laughs) is more tragic in the grand scheme of things but um I'm not looking for answers so don't tell me (laughs) but that is puzzle gate and now the world knows Wow. Well, yeah, no, I feel for you. That is, you really don't need little extra things like that going wrong, do you, these days? I think that, um, oh, imagine if you, if you decided, right, dismantle the original puzzle, Mm. you do the other puzzle, and Mm. then, no, 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 you dismantle the original puzzle, but you don't do the other puzzle because you're too annoyed, and then you find the piece, the missing piece, but you've already dismantled the puzzle. That that would be fine, because at least I'd know I would have the full set. I wouldn't be too angry. You've got the full set. The other one. <laughs> yeah, I know, but the whole point so is could- do it again. it's not the original puzzle. That's the whole that's the no, whole thing. I do understand. That is very that is very, 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 very frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Very so annoying. I don't agree with puzzle gate, is what I'm trying to say to you. But anyway, I can't talk about it anymore. What do you not agree with this week, Lucy? Oh man. Right. Well, oh, 
I mean, it's this part confession, part, you know, frustration. It's, it's mainly frustration that I have been forced to this point that I don't agree with. And what I don't agree with, Olivia, I'll tell, I'll tell you um, and everyone else, is that I realised this week that I would go to a club uh, that would play on repeat Sex on Fire, Mr. Brightside, The Shape of You. If that's all they played on repeat, but I could go to the club and it would all be fine and safe, I would go. And I do not agree with being pushed to this point in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I sat there, I was on the, I was was sat downstairs, I think, I think one of those songs came on, yeah, Shape of You came on. Um, and I was like, oh, and my mom was like, oh, yeah, you hate this song or whatever. And I was like, yes. And I was like, but would I go to a club if all they did was play that on repeat? Yes, I probably would. <laughs> so <laughs> I am uh, don't agree with how um, starved and desperate I have become for nightlife. Um, and it's a sorry state of affairs, but it's where we are. And um, that's my confession to you all. <sighs> what if they played Strip That Down by Liam Payne? that I would go to that anyway (laughs) that's my dream club night what are you talking about (laughs) that would be great Uh, (laughs) um yeah uh I just you know I you know I just miss it you know I'm just missing it a lot yeah um sex on fire you're setting yourself up for a very specific kind of night I hope you know that yeah, I mean, I am with this this absolute trio of treats, but um, uh, it, I I would have that night to have a night. <laughs> what about what what about um if they also played um Don't Stop Believing by Journey? <laughs> That'd be fine. That's quite nostalgic for me. It reminds me of uni. It reminds um, me. It reminds actually, me of uni. What, what I was going to ask ask you is, would you? Would I know you, what you're going to um, ask me, and the answer is I don't know. I know what you're going to ask me already. <laughs> Would you go go out if... Um, okay, they're not playing just this song, but they're playing um, every fifth song is... Um, uh, what's it called? Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. No. Is it called that? <laughs> <laughs> Would you? Uh, I'm going to have to every- have a lot of toilet breaks because... There's no, if they were playing that song and only that song, I wouldn't go. I don't think I could do it. But you every- wouldn't go if if all of us were there, all your bezzy mates, all like really good hanging out. It's completely safe. We've got nothing to worry about. Everything is fine. Okay. But if all, all if all my- to, all you have to contend with is the fact that they're just playing. Don't stop me. Now. Yeah, but I hate it. Like I, oh god. Like okay. If all my bezzy mates were there, then yeah, maybe. But I would be in the foulest mood though. I would be in the foulest mood. But every fifth song, I could do it because I could just go to the toilet or, like, get a drink and just bring some headphones with me as well. Um, some noise. Mitigate for that, yeah. Cance- Cancelling headphones. Which is... It's funny, though, that I hate that song so much. It's it's actually not Queen's fault. Like, no. the, the the song itself is is probably, like, benign. It's just how it's been misused in the culture. Do you know what I mean? No, I absolutely know exactly what you mean. And that is, you know, how I feel about those songs of mine. Yeah. Um, I get that completely. Because like, um, 
I mean, the thing is, Sex on Fire, they knew what they were doing when they wrote that song. They only have themselves well, yeah. to blame. But I feel like Don't Stop Me Now is is a bit of a different thing. Um, and it's so funny because, like, Under Pressure is one of my favourite songs. We know. Yeah. Um, no, I know. I know. It's not, it's not, no, that's, that's not down to Queen. It's down to everyone else who've let Queen down. <laughs> yeah, you've let yourselves down, you've let Queen down. Um, you have. Oh God, that was a real would you rather scenario, kind of. That was very difficult. I'd be very, very sad if I turned up to the club ready for the night of Don't Stop Me Now and you didn't turn up just because you didn't want to listen to it, but we could have been in the same room together having drinks. I would be fuming. So I'd come drag you down to the club. Olivia would have all of the Patrons lined up on the on the bar and I would be absolutely- Yeah, there'd just be one sad one on its own. <laughs> no, okay, I'm coming. I'm coming to the Don't Stop Me Now club. But I'm to the hellfire. Be, I'm not going to be happy about it. Let's just say that. You um, are. I, I want to know I want to know what the other four songs would be. So if if that's the fifth song, are the other four songs like the same in a rotation or are they all different songs? Oh, yeah, I think they're they they are the same in rotation because it has to because otherwise it'd be quite bearable, wouldn't it? Really. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they're, they're the same for so. So I guess if if we take my three songs, they are "Shape of You," "Mr. Brightside," "Sex on Fire," <laughs> "Don't Stop Me Now," and "Don't Stop Believing." <laughs> a right medley. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Right. Can't wait. Big night out. <laughs> this is like um did you ever watch the good place no oh well there's this there's this bit in the good place where they kind of like realize that things aren't always what they seem and like the way that the way that it's kind of realized is um that the whole like good place town is filled with loads of frozen yogurt shops and <laughs> um this is because it's like um you know it's the it's the blight on the human condition that only humans would take something amazing like ice cream and um, turn it into frozen yogurt just because it's nowhere near as good, but you can have a lot more. Like that right. is that is the human condition. Um, and this is kind of like that, like, you know, you can have the thing that you want, but it's also none of the things that you want. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah still want it though <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i'll be there so we came back with a bang last week for our beloved celine um and this week it's we're back again <laughs> with a bang or not who knows it's time for celine, celine watch so olivia uh what has celine been up to this week well look nothing was ever gonna beat the um gentleman from Staffordshire who changed his name to Celine Dion um after um a sort of drunken night of debauchery in his own living room nothing could possibly beat that but this week we see the benevolent caring maternal Celine um return to social media and she's feeling particularly at one with nature so her new year post caption is a new year brings new hope As we're all still facing incredibly challenging days ahead, let's take good care, look after each other, and remember that lighter and brighter days will be with us soon. May 2021 bring us moments of gentleness, peace, and positivity. Celine. And the image is of Celine in a very sort of wintry scene, 
and she is in a tender embrace with a tree. Yeah, Celine is, you know, she's, she's taking conservation to heart, I think, in these in these months. Um, and I could, I've always seen Celine as a nature lover. That doesn't surprise me at all um, that she would be seen hugging some trees. When I read that caption, which I did uh, myself, I read it. <laughs> she said, uh, remember that lighter and brighter days will be with us soon. Uh, and then May 2021, bring us moments. I read it as... May um, 2021. That, yeah, in I May did. 2021, that's when this will happen. <laughs> so desperate are we for a month to to say when this will happen. <laughs> so I was like, oh, May 2021, what does she know that we don't? <laughs> yeah, uh, no, that yeah. is how our, our brains are programmed these days, I think. It is absolutely um yeah i mean she's being nice sending out a nice hopeful message we do love to see it from celine and hope that she is uh doing well hugging trees or otherwise on her many many estates so i think that about does it for us this week um we hope that you are all keeping well and finding some joy in these dark winter days or you know we probably have some listeners on in the other hemisphere you know you might be having a nice sunny time and you're definitely having a better time than us. So I hope you're enjoying that. Um, if you want to get in touch with us in any way you can on Instagram and Twitter, we're at Queer Longing. Um, we are queerlonging at gmail.com if you want to email us. We really, really enjoy um, hearing from people. We had a lovely shout out from Emily Witham on Instagram. Uh, she tagged us in a, a list of her favorite queer podcasts to listen to um, on Instagram. And that was really, really lovely to see. And um, we we are very grateful to uh, be mentioned by her. She's a designer um, and she's based in London. Actually, she does some really, really great and fun and funny um, like queer Valentine's cards. So if you're after one, check Emily with them out. She is with them em- at with them Emily on Instagram um, and get yourself a nice Valentine's card for your for your whoever. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that time is rolling around again. Can you believe that two years ago we were starting this podcast and we were and talking about the love sausage oh my god yeah b-y-o-e bring your own egg (laughs) never forget (laughs) what are we gonna do this you're gonna have to think of something for this year some sort of valentine special which we which is a weird a weird custom we have here of always doing a valentine's day episode even though valentine's not something i'm into at all Look, no one can say why traditions manifest themselves, but they do nonetheless. So um, we hope that you have a week filled with love. And yes, we probably will be bringing you some kind of Valentine's Day special, as is our want. But until that time, we will be loving you, as I mentioned, leaving you and longing for you until next week. Bye. have any tales of lesbian rabbits that you would like to share with us then please do write in in all of the usual channels we would love to hear from you so good nice (laughs) a nice uh a nice bit of fluff there